Hi, friends, it's Vin Scully. It's time for Dr. Clapper. In sports, there's winning and losing and getting injured. That's why there's Dr. Clapper. Dr. Clapper is the former head of orthopedic surgery at Cedar sinai The Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper, presented by Cedar sinai Hey, Dr. Clapper. How are you? Saturday mornings from 7 to 9. Silence is golden when you can't think of a good answer. <laughs> yes, Doc, I love your show. Now, here he is, Dr. Robert Clapper. Good morning, Los Angeles, and welcome to another edition of the Weekend Warrior Show. I'm your host, Dr. Robert Clapper. I'm an orthopedic surgeon at Cedars-Sinai for 32 years. I'm so excited to be back in the studio two weeks in a row, Steve Paulette. I love it. (laughs) Oh, man, so great. Well... What's in the news? We'll get into my surgeries this week. God, it was so fun yesterday. As they say in baseball, when you hit a single, a double, a triple, and a home run, that you hit for the cycle. Well, yesterday I started my day doing a hip, big hip replacement. Big man. Lovely man. And then I did a shoulder replacement. You think you're going to the gym and you're bench pressing? This guy's 44 years old. It's not a weight-bearing joint. Your shoulder's not designed to put all that weight through it. Hell no. I didn't just fix his rotator cuff. Nah, that's easy. I do that all the time. I had to put new cartilage in his shoulder. Replace his shoulder. And it was fascinating. You know how much I love the world of art and sculpture, particularly Michelangelo? if you listen to the show for these last 10 years. The revolution in art that allowed Michelangelo to be able to change the world with a hammer and a chisel. Google the David and you'll see what I mean. Better yet, go stand in front of it. The technique was called mannerism. Look that up, mannerism. What mannerism meant is in the Renaissance for the first time, The artist recognized, even in painting, that the more you twist and rotate the figure, in Italian, the word is serpentine, like a snake, that you you go three-dimensionally, like the double helix of DNA. It's not just looking at a two-dimensional photograph or a TV screen. It's three-dimensional. But it's still a painting. It's still... It's still a sculpture. You know how you bring life to art? You rotate it. You twist it. That's what mannerism is. And that's why those sculptures you see of Michelangelo, you have to appreciate rotating the head, making Mary sad. That's why it's called the Pieta, pity. But look at the rotation in David. The more that stone is twisted, the more lifelike it becomes. So yesterday in surgery doing a shoulder replacement on this very muscular, I mean, it was a wrestling match, thanks to Adolfo and Carlos and the great Sandy Lee, my physician assistant. But I got to fix this young man's shoulder so that he can have a pain-free shoulder and have a family and have a life. But the reason it wore out, yeah, the weightlifting did it. The reason his shoulder wore out 
and I couldn't stop thinking about Michelangelo while I, the surgeon, thinking of a sculptor, saw that the way his socket of the ball and socket joint was rotated slightly backwards. So you know when you have difficulty hearing, what do you do? You take your two hands and you cup behind your ears to almost make your ears face more forward. Your ears are not on just the side of your head. Look in the mirror. You'll see your ears have a small angle that face forward so that you can hear. We call that anaversion. It happens in the socket, bowl and socket joint of your hip, and it happens in the bowl and socket joint of your shoulder. That's why when you are on all four legs, evolution, that's how we started, it keeps the ball from dislocating out the back. Because if you're on all four, you need the socket to face forward. Otherwise, you're going to dislocate out the back. But if you're born where the orientation of the socket is not the way it's supposed to be, it's like having the alignment wrong in your car. The mechanic will tell you you're going to wear the tires out faster. That's why it's very important to spend that extra money when they give you new tires to get the alignment fixed. And so as a surgeon, I have the ability yesterday in the preparation of the new socket to ream this man's bone to make that socket side of the bone socket joint on the shoulder face slightly forward, like cupping your ears facing forward. I antiverted his socket, which he's pretty much never had. Boy, is he going to be happy. And boy, am I happy to be able to do this for a living. I can't believe it. What a pleasure, what a privilege it is to be a doctor. And I take it seriously for these last 32 years and 500 surgeries a year. It's just like these shows on the radio. How did 10 years happen? It just happens. Yeah. What a show we have planned for you today. At 7.15, calling in from New York City, is the woman who runs a bagel company. Because trust me, there's no better bagel than a bagel from New York. Drop the mic. That's where they come from. That's where bagels come from. They come from New York. You can get them here. They look like a bagel. They sound like a bagel. But they ain't a bagel. And I want to talk to her. Why do I want to talk to her? Why would this have anything to do with March Madness, you might ask, which is the biggest thing going on in sports right now? Because if you watch Oral Roberts, I don't even know where they are located. Or Drake. Do you even know where that school is? Butler? I don't know where that is. I know Michigan's in Michigan. I know Ohio State's in Ohio. Other than that, forget about it. But you watch these Cinderella teams, what they call, they have a fancy word for it, small market. Well, Oral Roberts beat Ohio State. How did that happen? And UCLA, God bless the Bruins, they beat Michigan State. Tom Izzo, how did that happen? When the mouse roars like a lion, the little mouse makes a roar. And it made me think all week, I want to talk about that, that the small market roars. When the big market even comes to rescue the small market. And that's why calling in is Melanie Frost at 715, my guest. 
which is 1015 in New York, to talk about this small market bagel place called Essa Bagel. Hands down, probably one of the best bagel makers in the world. But with COVID, restaurants, bakeries, they're all out of business. Unless you're a big chain, and even the big chains are going bankrupt. But a tech guy who started a company called Goldbelly came to them and said, hey, I know computers. I know the tech industry. I'm going to get people in Los Angeles to know about you so you can ship your bagels to L.A., to Kansas City, to Texas, wherever you want, and came to the rescue of the little guy. I find this story fascinating, and you know how much I love the world of art, the world of sports, the world of surgery. Where do you see this big guy rescuing the little guy story? And the whole story of the little guy. Well, in art, in 1985, Bob Geldorf, the singer-songwriter for the Boomtown Rats, a punk rock group, I never even heard a song that these guys came up with, but this guy is as sweet as can be as a human being. And something caught his attention about famine in Ethiopia and in Africa. And he said, you know what? We live in a world of plenty. There's famine in Africa. We should do something about it. And he started Band-Aid, which then became in 1985 Live Aid. And got the biggest bands in the world from the Rolling Stones, the Beatles, Elton John, you name it. Both in England and in America to put on this concert and raised millions of dollars. This story is fascinating. And you'll hear over and over in today's show a really beautiful word. The word is wonderful. So if you wanted to make today's show, Steve Paulette, how are you going to title today's show? I need it to be the word wonderful. Because you're going to hear Brian May the mathematician who happens to also play the guitar for Queen, when he's asked what it was like to be a part of Live Aid, listen to him say, it's wonderful. When Bob Geldof is interviewed, listen to him say, wonderful. And in the world of sports, where's the small market? Where's the story that really captures your heart of being rescued by the big guy, but you're the little guy? Well, The greatest story in my lifetime is the Green Bay Packers. Many of you don't realize this, but, you know, Al Davis took the Oakland Raiders, brought them to Los Angeles. Now, altogether, they're in Las Vegas. The Cleveland Browns aren't in Cleveland anymore. They had to move to Baltimore. You got to be careful that the owner of your team doesn't decide one day, the San Diego Chargers, God bless Scott Kaplan, he loves this story and he's the best at it. They're not in San Diego anymore. Well, the Green Bay Packers, the Green Bay, Wisconsin, I think has 30,000 people that live there. They're always in danger of the team going someplace else, right? No, you never have to worry. Because this small market team, the most successful team in NFL history, is not going anywhere. Why is that? Because this team started in 1919 and was going to go bankrupt belly up so many times. It's 100 years ago. Until one day, the business people in Green Bay, Wisconsin, the guy who owned typewriter company or whatever it was, they got together and said, listen, we're going to own the team. We're not waiting for one person to rescue us. We're going to sell stock in this team. I have sound bites of the story of Curly Lambeau. 
That's why it's called Lambeau Field. It's amazing. An amazing story that'll never happen again, by the way. But the, the ultimate story of the little guy. That's what I want to talk about today. Goldbelly and Essa Bagel being rescued. Just fascinating. Clapper Vision is going to be Cody Bellinger. He dislocated his shoulder doing a high five forearm to forearm. I forgot who he was monkeying around with on the Dodgers. But his shoulder was already dislocating. This was just the straw that broke the camel's back. How he could still play baseball with a shoulder that's dislocating. But thanks to the great Neil Elitrosh, a great friend of the show, an inventor. Wait till I talk about these new tools that I worked with yesterday in the operating room. I never worked with before. New sutures, new stitches. Ah, I had so much fun yesterday. But Neil Neil Elitrosh, Dr. Elitrosh, invented a way to be able to fix your labrum. A way to be able to fix your labrum in the operating room without tying knots, without stitches. Look at Cody Bellinger. Back. Back in the swing of things. Literally. Swinging a baseball bat. Because of the genius and creativity of a surgeon and inventor. What a joy it is. But we're going to talk about clapper vision. What exactly is a dislocating shoulder? So you know when you watch a hockey game and the hockey players are skating on the rink, which is flat? That's the cartilage of your glenoid, of the socket of the bone socket joint of your shoulder. What keeps the hockey players from ending up in the stands? The boards. The lower half is wood. The upper half is glass, so you can see. Plexiglass, so it doesn't shatter. So 90 degrees coming up from the ice rink are the boards. So when they collide into each other, you don't have to worry that they're going to end up in the stands with the fans. Because that wooden board and glass keeps the player in place, keeps those players skating on the rink. Well, the ball of your ball and socket joint stays in place. The ball stays in the socket, the hockey rink, because there is a wooden rim that goes around the hockey rink, that goes around the socket, and that's called the labrum. Now, if all of a sudden those two hockey players collide and rip the, the wooden boards or the plexiglass, the players are going to end up in the stands. When you rip the labrum that goes around the glenoid, the socket of your ball and socket joint in your shoulder, it's as though you've ripped the glass and the wooden boards, and that's why the ball can now come out of the socket. So when we... As surgeons fix a dislocated shoulder, we, in essence, I get to be a carpenter again. I get to fix, bolt the wooden boards back so that they keep the hockey players from dislocating into the fans. There's a clapper vision for you. Trust me, no one else is ever going to describe a dislocating shoulder like that. But now you can appreciate the technology and the art of being a surgeon and why I love it so much and why it makes so much sense to me. I'm so excited to talk to my next guest, talking about small market. She's the Green Bay Packers. She's the Bob Geldof of food. Essa Bagel. 
the great Melanie Frost is going to join me, and we're going to get into what happens when you're rescued by the big guy. You're listening to the one and only Weekend Warrior Show here on 710 ESPN. Holy emoji, clap man. Weekend Warriors on Facebook. Holy slip disc. That's right, Robin. Hear listeners talk about their aches and pains. Holy hamstrings. Along with Doc's clapper vision. Breathe deeply. And advice to callers. On your toes, Robin. So like, follow, and enjoy. A wise decision. The Weekend Warrior Facebook page. Frankly, I can think of nothing more stimulating. All right, it's Max. You know there's no better way to start your Saturday morning than with my friend Dr. Clapper and the Weekend Warrior Show. What's going on, L.A.? This is Kobe Bryant. Guess how long a sparrow lives for? Start your weekend off right, listening to the Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper. 23 years. That's right. This sparrow was flying around when Kobe Bryant was a rookie. Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN. 710, home of your Los Angeles Lakers. (laughs) <laughs> you make me laugh at my own words, Steve Paulette. God bless you. Ten years with this man right by my side. I'm so excited to talk to a New Yorker, a woman in charge of making the greatest bagel America has ever had. Melanie Frost, thanks so much for getting up to be with us this morning. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So today's show, believe it or not, Melanie, is about... Mm-hmm. Sports, art, and surgery. I'm an orthopedic surgeon. I sculpt in marble, and I'm a huge Laker fan. That's what this show is. So why would I be calling from New York Melanie Frost, who's in the bagel business? Because in sports right now is March Madness. I don't know if you're aware of that, but in college basketball, all these teams from the middle of nowhere, from places we've never even heard of before as a fellow New Yorker, Des Moines, Iowa, where exactly is that? They are playing basketball and beating sometimes the big guys. And it's a fascinating story of a small university rising up like the mouse that roars. Take us through what it was like for you, a bagel maker, to deal with COVID and be almost rescued by this big company to let us in Los Angeles know that we can get bagels from Essa Bagel. Take us through what it was like when you first met the people from Goldbelly. Well, it's interesting because we, about three, four years ago, Joe Ariel, who is, uh, you know, heads, heads up uh, Goldbelly, actually, uh, stepped into the store and just walked in and said, do you guys ship? And we sat down and we had been doing some shipping at the time, very small amounts, but it was incredibly expensive and just, you know, it costs more to get the bagels to L.A. than actually the bagels. But he sat down with us and said, look, we can make this work. We, you know, we love Essa Bagel. We'd love to set something up. And I have to tell you that through COVID, that was the thing that really kept us afloat. That, that wow. absolutely helped us. Wow. Yeah, we've been doing, you know, at the top of COVID, I'd say we did. And actually through the holidays, we did about 850 packages a day. From wow! Throughout the country. Yeah. <gasps> oh my Eagles God! All, all this stuff. <laughs> Listen, yeah, you, Melanie, you could—I could hear the passion 
in your voice for the bagel business. It's amazing. It's like I'm listening to cream cheese on top of a bagel. That's what you sound like to me. It's unbelievable. And my father, God rest his soul, you know how he ate a bagel? He put butter and cream cheese on the bagel. No wonder he had to have bypass surgery when he was in his 60s. But man, if you want to, do you ever do that? Do you ever, with no one looking, do you ever put butter first and then the cream cheese on the bagel? No, my favorite's the white fish with the Nova. I can't get away from that. <laughs> Listen, I need to know who you are. What? Where did you grow up? What did your father do for a living? And how, in your journey in life, did you end up mm-hmm. in the bagel business? Well, I'll tell you, my dad, I actually grew up in Long Island. I, was, I lived in Woodmere. Really? And my dad was a lawyer, yeah. And um, my aunt, who was my mother's sister, actually started as a bagel with my uncle, over 40 years ago in 1976. Wow. Unfortunately, and when, actually when they started the business, my uncle had a donut shop. That's why they started it. And they weren't renewing the lease. He had a donut shop in Brooklyn. Mm. And, my, and he had three kids to support. And my aunt said, don't worry, we're going to find something. So they mm. combed the papers. They found a bagel shop. They said, donuts, bagels, they both have holes. We'll figure it out. Ah! And that's what they did. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, yeah, they met a baker who gave them a recipe and said, you're going to have the most expensive ingredients, but you're going to have the best bagels around. And a little unknown secret that actually happened in the proofing process is the bagels rose too much. Mm. So they got really big and they got really crunchy on the outside and doughy on the inside and people just fell in love with them. So the actually we're known in our appeal is our large bagels. That's what we're known for. But it was actually by accident that that happened. Hmm. So, but, you know, unfortunately my aunt passed away in 2013 Mm. and that is when, you know, I took over the business with my mom. Wow. And we've got three locations in New York city. We're on first Avenue and 19th street. We're on 51st and third. And we recently opened a store in 2019 on 32nd street between sixth and seventh Avenue, right down the block from Penn station. I got to ask you a secret question. (laughs) <laughs> is it true that sometimes you because the secret the difference between a bayali and a bagel obviously is that you take the dough you boil it and then you go and mm-hmm. bake it right that's what a, that's technically what a bagel is different from bread or something else so it's that boiling of it is it true that mm-hmm. you used something toxic like lye just teeny amount of it that actually is the difference between a great bagel and a okay bagel no no. First of all, it's not just, the, I know everyone thinks also the water and the boiling. That's not all it is. Um, and also, I mean, bagels are actually the only bread that um, is actually boiled, and it actually keeps the freshness and the longevity. Mm-hmm. That's why they taste so good for so long. But no, I mean, it's also like my aunt always said, the biggest ingredient <laughs> and the thing that makes us and sets us apart is that it's made with a lot of love and a lot of care. And they're hand-rolled and they're baked and they're boiled on the premises each and every day. And you can't get anything like that, you know? That's, going to- that's what this Joe Ariel from Goldbelly kind of realized is, yeah, it's food, but certain foods, like your bagel, there's mm-hmm. an emotional connection that people have with the food that they grew up with. So if you all of a sudden now live in Des Moines, Iowa, you can now say, mm-hmm. Melanie, can you ship me some acid bagels and I'll put them in the freezer? What is it like for you to see 
that emotional connection uh, to to food? What does that make you think of? You know, it 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 it, I, it actually it really warms my heart. I mean, if my aunt was alive today, I mean, I think she would just be thrilled because it literally the store was her baby, like it is to me now, and mm-hmm. it, that's what she treated it like. I mean, and. To see people really bring it into their home, that's what we always say. It's the bagel is just not about, you know, it's the bagel, but it's the whole feeling. It's the tradition. It's family. It's sitting around the table. You know, we used to sit around every Saturday morning and have the bagels and the schmears and all the, like, appetizing that you could possibly imagine. And to see people, you know, when they come to New York and then get them shipped to them all the way out in Iowa or Montana, even, you know, it's just incredible to me. And, you know, the bagel isn't just for breakfast anymore, right? Mm. It's become like a staple, Mm. you know, like, like pizza, you know, it's the same kind of thing. So it's, it's, it's so gratifying and I'm, I'm so grateful. Let me tell you something. I'm I'm here in Los Angeles for a million years now. I still have my accent. Thank (laughs) God. I'm from Far Rockaway. You know where Far Rockaway is? Yes. Yes, not far. far from Woodmere. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I dated a girl in Woodmere. Oh, my God. I, I nearly totaled her firebird. Her father wanted to kill me. That's a whole nother story. But I love Woodmere. And uh, actually, you know who's from Woodmere? David Friedman, who became the ambassador to Israel under Trump. David Friedman and I were classmates at Columbia together. Who knew? But he was from mm-hmm. Woodmere. His father was the rabbi at uh, the shul in, in Woodmere, actually. Um, I want to play a soundbite yeah. because... Your world of bagels, the world of sports, the world of art, the world of surgery, it's, it's the same in terms of there's this rescue that you probably never even expected would happen when this Joel Ariel walks into your place. He comes before COVID even hits. Who even knew? Mm-hmm. So I want to, you know, I, I, they say the eyes don't see what the mind doesn't know. I want you to listen to the soundbite and tell me what this means to you. So Steve Paulette, let's play... Uh, one and two from uh, Bob Geldorf. There's not a little voice in the back of your head that's regretting starting all this. I know that it's a tremendously good cause, but yeah. regretting you being up front and carrying the oh, I don't carrying mind that. Cash. If, if, like, uh, because if you fail, it's not from want of trying. And um, it's something that uh, you have to try uh, with really everything you've got to do. What can we expect tomorrow? Um, as you said so eloquently. Um, <laughs> Steady. Steady, Bob. Pop's greatest day. I think the Australians have just finished with their 12 hours, so it'll be interesting to see how they've done. And um, I think that it will be wonderful, I think is the right word to use. And I think throughout the day, I think the whole romance of the thing will finally hit home when the Russian bands come in and you think of some kids in Siberia maybe getting drunk, having a party, watching us all here. Yeah. And in Philadelphia, it's nice. This is Bob, that was Bob Geldorf in 1985 mm-hmm. being interviewed before he launches Live Aid, this gigantic fundraiser mm-hmm. for famine in Africa. And I love when he's coming to the rescue of the small person, the person who can't speak for themselves. And he uses two words, Melanie, wonderful and romance, into the description of this project, if you will. Is that how you would describe Goldbelly and this Joe Ariel coming to a place in New York and that moment that day when he says, you need to be in Los Angeles and in Kansas City and in every place else, that it's wonderful and romance? Does that make sense to you? 
Yeah, it, it absolutely does. I mean, it, it couldn't be more wonderful. And it is, you know, very romantic. I mean, it's people just loving us and, and wanting that. And when and he came in and he was we were able to set something like that up and to be able to get that to a point where, you know, people come into the store, you know, just from where they hear about us from anywhere, just Essa Bagel, Essa Bagel. And, and it, it's incredible. It's incredible what Go Belly's done across the country. They've, they've really helped a tremendous amount to so many, you know, large and small businesses, you mm-hmm. know, um, it, it's just a wonderful thing that's happened because you would have never known anything about us if we didn't have this. What must be just it would be so much fun to spend some time with you, Melanie, walking into bakeries Mm -hmm. or other bagel places, because after all these years and the sophistication, it's like me as a surgeon for 32 years and (laughs) 16,000 surgeries. There's a sixth sense that you get. I don't care what you do for a living. It ain't in the book anymore. You can't really even teach it. But I'm sure if I'm with you and we open the door to a bagel place here in Los Angeles or in Iowa you walk in, probably the smell of the place itself. You walk in, you go, up. Oh, they're not doing this. They're not doing that. They're doing this. <laughs> right? I mean, it must be unbelievable to be in your presence when you're looking at someone else's baked goods. You can, in your nose, you can already tell the right and the wrong. Correct? You have a sixth sense for this now. Yeah. I mean, look, I think, I mean, every bagel store, you know, you know, tries I think a lot of them try to emulate New York, not to, you know, there was a right. whole controversy this week between California and New York. Um, so it's a wonderful and flattering. I think there's a huge difference just between, you know, a hand rolled, foiled and baked. I mean, it's a skill to hand roll those bagels, you mm. know, no preservatives, all natural ingredients. It, it really takes something to do that. And I think you know, there are bagels that are made and, 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 and it's wonderful so people have access to it. But there's nothing like a hand rolled and, and, you know, often, you know, could taste like it's manufactured. Wow. You know, Melody, it's not that way. Tuesday, they tell us that Joe Ariel such a big shot. He can't come on. Jared Abrams lined the whole thing up. So what are we going to do? I said, Jared, go get one of the companies that actually benefited from all of this. And I'm actually yeah. so happy that I didn't get this this Joe Ariel on. I'd rather talk to you, Melanie, because it's just so great in life to meet someone who loves what they do. And you can tell. I look forward to meeting you one day. Teach the listeners, because this is a big show here in Los Angeles. How do we get Essa Bagels here in Los Angeles? You can you go to Goldbelly www.gobelly.com. You can even go to our website at mm-hmm. the Bagel, and you can get them shipped every day. And we're actually going to be doing some virtual baking classes starting oh. April 17th right on Gold Belly. You can go on and sign up for one of those. They're a lot of fun. People love them. Listen, Melanie, so I tell people you're either pre-op or post-op. Sooner or later, <laughs> your shoulder, your knee, your hip will hurt. You know what? You save my number, put it in your pocketbook. They, they call them pocketbooks in New York. They call them purses out here. You've got orthopedic (laughs) surgery looking out for you. Free orthopedic care for the rest of your life, Melanie Frost. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much, Dr. Klapp, for having me. Okay, what a pleasure to talk to you. All right, great. Melanie Frost from Essa Bagel. Let me tell you something. You haven't lived until you've put cream cheese on a bagel that she's made. It will change your life. And speaking of that, this week, the great Linda Yui arranged for Tito's Tacos to be delivered to my office on Thursday I'm going to get into 
the magic of Tito's Tacos. Coming up next on the Weekend Warriors Show, the number is 877-710-ESPN. You're listening to the one and only Weekend Warriors Show. Weekend Warriors on Facebook. Didn't you get the memo? Quickly hear Clapper's crazy kitchen stories. Easily find different callers' aches and pain issues. Right, I get it. Search Weekend Warrior in the search bar and click on Doc's picture. Who are you again? Voila! Like, follow, and enjoy the Weekend Warrior Facebook page. What's the best medicine? Besides chicken soup, <laughs> vitamin C, <laughs> green tea, <laughs> prunes, uh, yeah. shot whiskey, <laughs> not around here. What's the best medicine? I cannot wait. We call it clafter. <laughs> I'll tell you my trouble. I got the wrong doctor. You know my doctor, Dr. Clapper. No, my doctor. What a doctor. You kidding me? What a doctor. I called him up. I told him I had diarrhea. Put me on hold. <laughs> clafter. <laughs> Sedano, you know there's no better way to start your Saturday than when my guy, Dr. Clapper, and the Weekend Warrior Show, 7 to 9 a.m., Saturday mornings. What's going on, L.A.? This is Kobe Bryant. Ruving, you have to wear the yarmulke. Start your weekend off right, listening to the Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper. Why do I have this in my head, Stefan? Why do I have all this wacky information in my head? Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN, 710, home of your Los Angeles Lakers. Welcome back, Weekend Warriors. What a pleasure to be with you each and every Saturday, and thanks for telling your friends. I know you love the Clapper Vision. I know you love Tito's Tacos as much as I do. Thank you, Linda Yui. My wife wanted to shoot me because my office said, oh, she's going to arrange for Tito's Tacos in the office for Thursday. In the middle of seeing patients. How many tacos do you want? I'm saying, I know what it's like. You get online at Tito's Tacos. If you were hungry when you got on the back of the line, by the time you got to the window, you doubled the order because you were just famished. You were crazy. Something crazy happened. So I said in my text back to my office while I was in surgery on Wednesday, my mouth is watering already. I was going to drink the salsa. Forget I don't need a Coca-Cola or a soda. I'm just going to drink that red sauce that they make at Tito's Tacos. I said, uh, I think I'll have four tacos. Then I texted back, maybe six. Then I texted again. No, I want eight of them. <laughs> and I love it. Oh, my God. It's probably, I'm a doctor. It's not healthy to eat eight tacos. <laughs> but they're so good. And I know they're for gringos like me. I get it. But they're so good. And I know the Davidson family, three generations. God bless Norman Davidson. And now Lynn Davidson, the granddaughter, she's running the place. Talk about secret recipes. Essa Bagels. Okay, I'm allowed to have a show. I'm a New Yorker. I'm allowed to tell everybody in Los Angeles Forget about it when it comes to buying a bagel in L.A., okay? I'm allowed to say that because I'm a New Yorker. But you know what I'm not allowed to say? I am not allowed to comment on Mexican food because I'm a New Yorker. What do we know from Mexican food? But let me tell you, 
I know, Tito's Tacos. It's about as far from what you can get in Mexico City as it gets, but it don't matter. This is the greatest Mexican food I've ever put in my mouth. And I'm fully aware of all the other great Mexican restaurants that are in L.A., and I'm very proud of them, and I eat at all of them. Casa Vega, El Tarasco, Los Toros. I know them all. But there's something about a restaurant since 1959, and it's still there. The secret recipe of that salsa and the simplicity of that taco, oh, it just sends you to the moon. There I was sitting in my office. I just was closing my eyes, and it was like, I don't smoke, but, you know, you need a cup of coffee and a cigarette after you eat a Tito's Tacos. Let's just put it that way. I didn't have one, by the way. All right, I got such a show planned. I got so sidetracked talking about bagels at 7.15. Crazy. We'll get into the Green We'll get we'll get into the Green Bay Packers small market. We'll get into Bob Geldorf and Live Aid, but all the lines are lit up. So we've you know I have an obligation. The clinic needs to be open. I should take some calls. The number is eight seven 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 ten ESPN. Steve Pallett, who do you want me to talk to first? All right, let's talk to a, a, pa- a person who's not a patient of mine, talking about his hip, who's calling in from New Jersey, so he knows what a bagel is really like. Mitch, you're on with Dr. Clapper. How can I help? Good morning, Dr. Clapper. Thank you for taking my call. Hey, I love bagels. You're um, very welcome, Mitch, to take your call. Between uh, Melanie Frost and you every, and me talking, everyone's going to think that they're in a time warp, that they're in Los, that they're in New York with everyone talking like this. Yeah, it's a New York radio station. We got more people who don't use the letter R talking all together. <laughs> Forget about it, Mitch. Staten Island, man, the forgotten borough. My father went to to Columbia in the 50s. He got his master's. He was a teacher. He taught almost 30 years. So that means he went to Teachers College. That's an amazing school in the middle of uh, Columbia's Teachers College. That's what they're most... You want to be a teacher, that's where you go. Uh, What a school. What a time it was. I was there 1975. I was a freshman. How many million years ago that is? 1975 to 1979. You know what I do, Mitch? I, I have serious radio. Maybe I'm not allowed to say that because I'm on Disney here, but I have serious radio and I, you know, the, the different years. So you have the 70s on seven and they always, I love it. When they play the song, they put the date that the song came out. So it'll say 1976. Okay, everybody's happy the year that the song was made, whatever song they're playing. For me, it's like, okay, I was taking uh, physics I was, you know, this is who I was eating lunch with. I, I can go back to exactly that time. Music is amazing and how the date and the song will literally transport you back to that time of being in New York City when the cover of the New York Post said, President Ford to New York dropped dead because they didn't want to, the, the city was bankrupt or something. I'll never forget that. There's so many memories. I remember, yeah, I remember that was the vice attorney of 76 yeah. and also- um, Yep. The, the, the energy crisis. Hey, I, I got my, um, on February 18th, I got my uh, hip, right hip. I think mm-hmm. he did a great job. He's mm-hmm. a young, young youngster like you. Okay. I, I thought he was a nurse. And I, oh, Dr. Uh, Clapp. Yeah. Not Dr. Clapp, I'm sorry. Dr. Culp. Almost <laughs> like your name. But, you know, I thought he was so young. And five days, I was off the walker. But Good. the last two weeks, he says I can go drive. I can start driving in two weeks. He's normally three to six weeks. Uh, for a while, I, I graduated from the walker to the cane five days, mm-hmm. and he says I didn't have to go for the for the therapy, but I mm-hmm. want to go. I can do some exercises like I'm doing right now. Did you I get the book I wrote with Linda Yui called "Heal Your Hips"? Did you get that book? 
Oh, not yet. Uh, you better um, get that book. Heal your hips. You know why? Because I'll be showing you something in that book that this doctor in New Jersey ain't showing you. You need to get into the swimming pool and walk in the water. You need to be doing that, Mitch, because if you want to get better, the weightlessness of being in the water, the resistance on the muscle, you've, you've got to wake up the muscles that have gone to sleep like a bear in a cave during the wintertime. These muscles have hibernated living with this horror for so long. Let's assume he did a perfect job. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. And you're an amazing patient. So there's no reason you shouldn't end up like all the other patients that I have running around, even though I didn't do your surgery. But the secret sauce is walking in a pool. That's what you need to do if you want to really surpass your wildest dreams. Well, it's just, it's just, I feel like the last two weeks I've, I've kind of like regressed. Yeah, well, you like may have. You may team. have. You got to get in the water. And you know what? This is something you got to give feedback to the doctor, and he has to pay attention to you. And if he doesn't, you tell him you're getting a second opinion from Dr. Clapper, and I'll set that guy straight. He needs to pay attention to you. You shouldn't be having a setback. But I ask him when it's time, when it's okay from his perspective or her perspective to get in the water. That's the secret sauce. Half an hour, three, four days a week. You don't have to go swimming. I just want you walking forwards and backwards in the pool. That will get you better, Mitch. I promise. All right, Dr. Clive. I, I wish the weather was like here, like, like what you have over there, 12 months a year. Well, um, so you'll I, find I, I an indoor heated pool. pool, 92 degrees. That's what I want you to do. That's what you need to be doing with yourself right now. And do me a favor. You're now in the family. You keep in touch with me. Okay, Mitch? God bless you. Thank you, Dr. You take care of yourself. It's be my safe. pleasure. My pleasure. All right, let's take another call. All right, who we got, Steve? Line one, Herb, Elbow. Where are you from, Herb? Hey, Dr. Chapper. Good morning. Yes, I'm from Bakersfield. Get out of here. Did you ever go to Sweet Surrender and have the chocolate cake? Uh, no, I just, uh, about a little under a year, uh, moved out here during the pandemic, so I haven't had the, uh, the All right, I want you to enough. do me a favor. This will be the greatest thing. Forget about whatever help I can give you medically, whatever medication I can talk about, whatever surgery. The greatest thing you can do for your life, forget about surgery or medication, is you in Bakersfield to go to the bakery called Sweet Surrender. Tell them Dr. Clapper sent you and tell them you want a slice of that chocolate cake. It's the greatest chocolate cake in America. It happens to be in Bakersfield, and you're so lucky. I'm jealous. And every once in a while when I talk about it, they send me one of these cakes, which is unbelievable, but I'm not doing it for that reason. They ain't paying me to say this. Sweet Surrender, the chocolate cake, is out of this world. It's a reason to drive to Bakersfield. How's that? Is to have that cake. What'd you do to you? First of all, how old are you? What do you do for a living? All right, so I'm 50 years old. I'm a field uh, network tech. A field network tech. So you're a computer guy. I am, yes. Okay, cool. And where did you grow up? What did your dad do for a living? Uh, I grew up in L.A. My dad was a chef, a cook. <laughs> and how come you didn't become a chef? Um, It didn't, uh, Speak it didn't to capture, you. capture my, uh, yeah. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> what high school did you go to? I went to several. <laughs> really? Met large, Fremont, and finished up, finished up in Jordan, uh, in L.A. Is that because your family moved, or you got you were a troublemaker? I was a troublemaker. <laughs> I love it. You don't sound like a troublemaker. So see, all these folks who have kids that are trouble, you got to hang in there because we mature, we change. 
I could already tell what a beautiful person you are, but you got into trouble. Listen, none of us are perfect. Oh, can I tell you stories about my life? You know what? You just got to stay. It's like what Barry Gordy said. It's not about speed. It's about direction. You know, everybody wants it to be done fast. Just be patient. In surgery, we have a great term. There's a time, I teach the residents, there's a time to go fast in surgery. There's a time to go slow. When I'm exposing the hip or the shoulder, I just love the anatomy so much. I take my time so that they go, wow, you can do these surgeries so fast, Dr. Clapper. I can care less about doing things fast. I love measuring twice, cutting once. I love being efficient. Just the pace. That's what you really want in life. I don't want anything to be that fast. So how can I help you, young man? It'll be my pleasure to help you. Yes, uh, doctor. So um, last year, August, we uh, it's my 50th birthday. We go to the uh, um, to the river with you know family, and our campground's about 100 yards away. So we got this heavy uh, ice chest that we're carrying with my 21 year old. <laughs> yeah, who should be carrying the chest, by the way? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But halfway, you know, I start to complain, and of course, you know, he's like, "Come on, old man," and I don't want to get shown up, so I keep going. Next morning, I wake up with my elbow, my funny bone, on fire. Um, I do the research like everyone, I guess, and, uh, you know, go through the steps of, of trying to get it back to, uh, to, to normal, I guess. And I start feeling better, but I go hit the bag, the weight, and then I re-aggravate it. So I'm still there with, with that. So issue. I want to know one thing. If your palms, are you driving now or you're at home? I'm, I'm, I'm on the side of the road. All right, good. Uh, right arm or left arm? Right arm. And are you a righty or lefty? Righty. Okay, so I want you to now look at your arm, palms up. Is the pain in your elbow on the thumb side of your elbow, palms up? Or is it on the pinky little finger side of your elbow, palms up? It's on my thumb side. Good. So you have a classic tennis elbow, better known as lateral epicondylitis. And every doctor you're going to see is going to tell you, have a cortisone shot, which you know. You listen, you listen to the show, no. you know who I am. Yes, sir. You're not having cortisone, but every other doctor is going to tell you have cortisone. I don't want shots. I don't want stem cells. I don't want PRP. I don't want cortisone. I don't want no needles into your elbow because every doctor is going to talk to you about it's inflamed. It's actually the wrong diagnosis. The muscle in a 50-year-old, it's not inflamed. You know what it is? It's altacocaritis, like we called it at Cedars. It's degenerative. You have a fraying of where... The muscle anchors to the bone. Here's a clapper vision for you. The way the muscle anchors to the bone, when we look at it under the microscope, it looks like two pieces of Velcro coming together. They're called Sharpie's fibers. That's how the muscle into, integrates into the bone itself. Muscle different than bone, but it's woven into the bone just like the, the Velcro strips. You've ripped... The Velcro strips apart. That's why it's so painful, because it's degenerating. It's not inflamed. So you don't need a band to wear on your elbow. You don't need a wrist splint, and you don't need a shot, or you don't need pills. I want you to go to Big Five, or you can order it online. You sound like you're big and strong, so maybe not a three-pound, but a five-pound dumbbell. I want you to get a five-pound dumbbell and grasp it in your hand and rest your forearm with your palm down, holding the dumbbell uh, on a table, on a desk, and let it drop. Let your wrist drop holding the weight. Now I want you to extend your wrist, and you'll go, ow. Extend your wrist. 
Do it till it hurts and then rest. Put the, the weight on the table. An hour or two later, go pick up the dumbbell and pump it till it fatigues again. Maybe you only can do a few pumps. But do this four or five times during the day. What you'll be doing is actually strengthening the muscles that surround the area that's, that's uh, damaged. And it takes about three, four weeks. But not only, Herb, will your pain go away, but it won't come back again. So they give you pills, they give you shots, you wear the band. You... Surgery, 32 years I've been an orthopedic surgeon. I've seen, I can't even count how many people with tennis elbow. I have never taken anyone to surgery for it. Surgeons do, and I'm a busy surgeon. No, you never need surgery for this. But you got to do what I say, and you'll get better. It takes about a month. How's that? Sounds good. When you say pumping, are you are you pumping at the elbow or at the wrist? You're at the wrist. Good question. You're at, at the, wrist. the wrist. You're lifting your wrist up, right? You're extending your wrist, and believe me, you'll feel it in your elbow because that's yeah, what I'm you've ripped it. it. Exactly right. <laughs> I just grabbed a little five pound weight. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you yeah, do sir. that. You rest it. Don't do ten pounds. Don't be a big shot. I'm just telling. You, just do exactly what I'm saying. Now, Herb, you're a total stranger. I never met you before. I want you to do me a favor. I want today you to find a total stranger. You do something nice for them. That's how you be thanking me. We'll do. Thank you, Doctor. All right. God bless you, Herb. Thanks for calling. Thanks for being a weekend warrior. Let's take a break. We'll pay some bills. The whole hour's gone already. What the hell happened here, Steve Paulette? Damn. And thanks for telling your friends. Get smart. Just what are you getting at? Check out the Weekend Warrior Facebook page. Like this. Medical advice from Cedar Sinai, head of orthopedic surgery. Are you kidding? With a far rockaway attitude and a little drizzle of mozzarella. Well, it's important to me. Search Weekend Warrior in the space bar. Like this. And click on Doc's picture. I see. Like, follow, and enjoy the Weekend Warrior Facebook page. You're listening to the Weekend Warrior Show, presented by Cedar Sinai. What's going on, LA? This is Kobe Bryant. Oh, I want to talk to you. Start your weekend off right, listening to the Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper. Sometimes your crazy ideas are crazy. Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN, 710, home of your Los Angeles Lakers. Welcome back, Weekend Warriors. Steve Paulette is playing queen because they really were the secret sauce. So many other bands played at Live Aid in 1985, the event Bob Geldorf put on. It's kind of like March Madness. He was serving the, the small market, Africa, stuck in famine, and said, hey, I'm going to do something about it. When those small market teams win in March Madness, it makes you feel good. When those big rock bands came together for Bob Geldorf in 1985 to help Africa in famine, special. The Queen was the big hit. You know, I wanted to play some sound bites about Bob Geldorf and Live Aid. We'll have to get to it later, and I definitely want you to hear the story about the Green Bay Packers. But all the lines are lit up. I, got, I can't abandon the clinic right now. The number is 877-710-ESPN. Steve Paulette, let's go. Who do you want me to talk to next? 
Let's go to Ron in San Juan Capistrano. Thanks so much for joining us, Ron. Hi, doctor. How are you? Very good. How young are you, and what do you do for a living? I'm a year older than you, and I'm a superintendent, construction superintendent. Measure twice, cut once, and don't hit the wrong right. nail. Don't hit the fingernail with the <laughs> hammer, right? That's correct. <laughs> do you know what a Milwaukee Sawzall is? Yes, sir, That's, I have one. I'm, I, I'm, I'm already, I got a man crush on you already that you got all these things in common with me. I love it. It's fantastic. Yeah. Do, you, do you still put the pencil behind your ear? I'd love to be able to put the pencil behind my ear in the operating room, except it's not sterile, so I can't do that. But let me tell you yeah. something. I love bringing my own tools to the operating room, just like an old carpenter coming to the job site with his own tools. That's how I am in the operating room. And you know what they do for me at Cedars? They actually scratch into some of the tools I've designed my name. And for me to look down wow. doing a knee replacement or a hip replacement or shoulder replacement and this narrow bent homing that I designed, and there it is scratched on it, Dr. Clapper. Like, if you're not Dr. Clapper, you better not be reading this because these are his tools. <laughs> it's just fantastic. Oh, wonderful. So the reason I'm on the radio talking to you it's because my father loved listening to everything on the radio. He didn't even have to drive into the city anymore. He loved the helicopter reporter. He loved the radio. And to some extent, people say to me, including my wife, why are you doing this? And I feel like I, maybe through the airwaves, my father's in heaven. He can hear me. I don't know. But this is why I'm still on the radio. So this is why it's my pleasure to be so far away from you. I don't even know where San Juan Capistrano is. But to be able to talk to you is truly my pleasure. Where did you grow up? What did Thank your you father so do for a living? My father worked as a, one of the first computer guys with the old cards, you know, the, the, wow. the, and the computer was as big as a house. Wow. But, um, then how did you yeah, get into construction? I, what is it that touched you so much? Did your grandfather do construction? Where did construction come in your life? My my grandfather did. He but he was building cabins in Michigan, and uh, wow. I I just ran into it, doctor. I uh, I had a carpenter a in my office. I had a guy, a patient. You know, you can tell how much I love talking to people. And I said to him, "So where are you from?" He says, "Michigan." I said, "What do you do for a living?" I'm a carpenter. I go, "Michigan car. What are you doing in Los Angeles?" He goes, "Doctor Clapper, I was working as a carpenter in Michigan. It was the winter time. I finished the day's work. I go to my truck." And it was so cold that the windshield shattered from the cold. He said, I got into my truck and I just started to drive west. And that's how I got here. It was February 6th, 3 in the afternoon. Like He could tell me the exact moment he decided to leave Michigan to come to Los Angeles. So this is what happened to you. Yeah. <laughs> how can I help? What did you do to yourself? So, Dr. Clapper, eight years ago I had a knee replacement. Mm -hmm. And... A month ago, on the golf course, I felt the pain in my knee. I haven't had any troubles with it whatsoever. Mm -hmm. No no swelling after surgery I, and all the, re, the PT I did, and I, it was perfect. And I, I found I had this pain on a, after a golf swing, after a drive, and then it went away because I didn't play a couple of holes, and I played again, and it didn't get back. But Thursday on the golf, I felt it again at home once. I don't remember what I was doing. I just made a, a move that I felt mm -hmm. that, that pain. Yeah, it went away. Then I, on Thursday I was golfing, and it happened twice on the golf course. So and it was a pretty good jolt. And my friend said he heard it crack. 
as a, I didn't hear that. As a construction person, right, and all the kibitzing mm-hmm. aside, you know, your knee is not a two-by-four because when you work on a building and you do framing or put a roof up or whatever beam you're talking about, you put the nail mm-hmm. in, you put the screw in, and it's finished, finished. I mean, it's done. But the living, breathing ligaments, muscles, tendons, even the bone and the housing of the implant in the bone, there's there's resorption, there's blood supply. Things can change after eight years beyond even just the mechanical way the tibia and the femur interlock to make up for the loss of the ligaments. So eight years oh. out, never had a problem, and now all of a sudden you're having mechanical issues. Number one, you need an x-ray. If you're an orthopedic surgeon down there, you still like this person and they're polite and kind to you, then that's who you need to go back to. If you hate their guts or they retired or they're not around, then it's my pleasure. He actually retired. What's that? He actually retired. Good. Then this is what you're going to do. I don't know what kind of bakery goods they have in San Juan Capistrano, but you'll get some. You'll get in your car and you're going to drive all the way up to Los Angeles and it'll be my pleasure. To give you guidance of what to do next, you'll when you call my office, you tell them you won the prize on Saturday, that you get to come see me right away and not wait three months. That's if that's what you want to do, do so not much. let them, and I don't mean, I do not let them take your desperation and allow them to put a cortisone shot or any needle into your knee. You will then end up with an infection, and then I will never speak to you again. You know what I mean? Don't. There's no quick fix here, and this is not a time to put a brace on your knee. Something is the matter, and you are entitled to have a diagnosis, and you're not the one who has to figure it out. I got to figure it out, or the orthopedic surgeon in San Juan Capistrano has to figure it out. But either way, I'm happy to help, and thank you so much for listening to The Weekend Warrior. I want you to do me a favor. You're a total stranger to me. And look at what I've done and going to help you. You need to find a total stranger today. Do something nice for them. That's how you'll be thanking me. Thank you, Dr. Clapper. I'll do that. Okay. God bless you and thanks for calling. All right. We'll take a break. I don't even know what time it is. I'm just talking here. You're listening to the one and only Weekend Warriors show here on 710 ESPN. Can you tell how excited I am to be back in the studio rather than my living room with the great Steve Paulette? Mm. Right, King James? Absolutely. And good to be courtly friends on the Weekend Warrior Facebook page. I love it. Be treated like medical royalty with Clappervision. Clappervision. Feast like a monarch on Doc's delectable finds. There we go. And that far rockaway jester humor. <laughs> Search Weekend Warrior and click on Doc's regal picture. Cool. <laughs> Sound the trumpets. No cortisone, alchemy, or leeches here. Everything's good. Bow, curtsy, like, or follow the Weekend Warrior Facebook page. That makes me happy. Cheers.